Welcome once again into Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast from Glorious, and this is the final, this is the final version. Okay. From Glorious East LA. I will be packaging Max's different uh, geographical sayings into NFTs if anybody is still buying those. So uh, I was told Los Angeles, because Alhambra technically were not there, I, okay. someone tweeted me and said it was a different part of Los Angeles, so I'm steering clear of it. I'm calling it East L.A. because I do like to go to Cesar Chavez Boulevard, which is about a five-minute drive, mm -hmm. which I consider East L.A. That's where I go to the Azteca Tortilleria from time to time to have a nice lunch. So East L.A. it is. Do we have to go to, like, City Hall and look at the plans and see where, where the city <laughs> lines are falling? I feel like this is a dispute. That's it. This is final. Judge, jury, and hangman, as they used to say, now say executioner, which is a little bit harsh. That's hard. That is hard. So it is, you know I'm being serious. Welcome in. Uh, again, nothing dull about this club. Everything is magnified with the arrival of these players, and we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about the victory sporting Kansas City, the sixth road win of the season, which we found out is more than the last two years combined for Correct. LAC. Correct, more than 2020 and 2021 combined. Which were tough seasons, but six, and look, we still have a lot of road games. Yeah, it <laughs> bodes, more well. Road games it bodes well for that chase for the Shield. Certainly does. LFC with a little bit of a cushion now in the shield. And Gareth Bale off and running, obviously, not to bury the lead here with a goal. We'll talk a lot about Gareth Bale because, to be perfectly honest, it is as uh, interesting as anything we have ever talked about on this podcast. And so deep down, and I know some, some people that listen to us or watch us feel this way. Um, so like when Giorgio came, I'm Italian, he's Italian. And a part of me was like, I want him to do really well because if he doesn't, I don't know why, I just feel like it rests on my shoulders. And I know I've talked to some fans they are like, that's weird, I feel the same way. And so <laughs> I know it's still a lot of ways to go, and I would say that these guys, both of them are not the final product. Giorgio is, is a little bit farther along than Gareth. Um, they still got some fitness to go, but I have to, it's not that I'm surprised, but I'm just like a beaming a little bit. I'm like, there was always the chance, because anytime you transfer someone, there's always a chance it could go wrong. Something could happen, but it's been so nice that like, it's good. Well, you should think it's going to go wrong because it never happens this quickly, this fast. We have a wasp. It's not a wasp. Around. That's a beetle. It's a beetle, but it's the size of a, a small pigeon, and this it's buzzing good, around This here. is a good learning moment. These beetles are mostly blind, which is why they bang into things. They also can't hurt you, but they are really annoying because they're huge. Very noisy. Yeah, they're annoying. So we'll, we're professionals <laughs> here, which is more than we can say about our, our crew. It really likes our crew. Our guy Ken here is uh, losing his marbles right now with his beetle. Yeah. Did you hear that? Uh, it's a monster. Look it is that. loud. It's like out of a Godzilla movie. I wonder if it's in the audio. Ben, is it in the audio? Is it th that big? No. Okay, we shall, we okay. shall muscle through. Because we're professionals. We're professionals. We're going to power through with this beetle that can't hurt us. But, but speaking of never a dull minute, this crazy Luis Suarez story breaking out everywhere. I mean, and people jumping, and it's, it still plugs into MLS and LFC. It's incredible. It's a really yeah. good example of transfer connect the dots. That's how a lot of these transfer stories are put together. They're like, all right, Luis Suarez. Who has an open DP slot? L.A. Uh, where's a good place he would like to go? L.A. Who, who's going to be a team that's going to play through the playoffs so he's ready for the World yes. Cup? By the way, that's the only thing he cares about. Of that's the thing you got to be you got to be That's why M uh, whoever – he might land somewhere. It reminds me of when we were at ESPN and we covered Brett Favre and there was a helicopter following him because he was going to go to the Minnesota Vikings. And everyone's like, oh, where's he going to go? Is he going to sign with the Packers? So that sounds dangerous. It, it was, dude. We were consumed on ESPN. It was. I got on Sports Center. I go. We were talking about this for three hours. What this helicopter shot of Brett Favre? That sounds glorious. And you did. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> uh, he's walking up. As you can see, the color of that sidewalk or public 
uh, footpath, as we found out, and in touch with Steve Trundle. Check that out uh, on all platforms here with I LAC. want to apologize again to the country of Wales. So, <laughs> but <laughs> I tried. He should end up. MLS is in a World Cup year is pretty desirable for players of this nature. If you want to, if you get the right team, obviously, it'll get you to where you want to go. It's yeah, it's it's a precarious push and pull though, right? Yeah. Like you you've got Giorgio that came in here and he doesn't have the World Cup. He he said out front, look, if I would have gone to the World Cup of Italy, I probably would have stayed with Juventus, but I didn't. I wanted a new adventure, but I'm all bought in. So Giorgio, you, you can take him at his word for it. He is very humble and earnest in that way. Then you have Gareth, where a lot of people are thinking kind of the same thing as Suarez. He just wants to be ready for the World Cup, but Gareth shows up here goes. No, man, I'm thinking about the Euros. And we're like, wait, the Euros aren't until 2024. So he's definitely bought in. But you think, and I, I, I don't want to put words into Luis's mouth, but he has said, and he has specifically picked his destinations, River Plate being one of them. He was going to go to River Plate. And his original club, Nacional, out. which I couldn't see ever happening, and be a teammate of Pancho Ginella. Right. And their Nacional is in the Copa Sudamericana? So, so, yeah. They but have their quarterfinals River in a week, and then they'll see if they can progress. River has no other competition. River's out. And so, but that's why Luis said... Specifically, I cannot play for that club because I need to be ready for the But World that's Cup. crazy because it could be two more games for River. Uh, yeah. Probably would have been based on uh, where they were at. Yeah. As they, Luis they, says with confidence. He's thinking lost yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to be two more games if I'm playing in those two right. more games. Or it could have been a final, which would have been great for Luis Suarez. But how are you to know? Right. So it's just really interesting. But dealing with the here and now with LAFC. And by the way. Uh, we had Giorgio Chiellini. We'll have Gareth Bale on this podcast. We're really excited to have Maxime Crepeau, I think, for the second time. Second time. One and of the first guests this season. A lot to talk about what's happening on that side of the park. And if you are a fan or supporter, which most of you are, you're going to be really excited about uh, how that defensive end is growing exponentially and getting tighter and less mistakes across the board. Shout out on the road. I mean, that was honestly, as, as the game was ticking down, I did want Gareth to get a goal to kind of ice it. But I think the most important thing for this club was getting that shot out. Yeah, it wasn't as many threatening shots either, so that's a really big part. As always, we will break down our big three uh, topics from the game. We invite you to download, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend of Inside LAFC MVP podcast. The Gareth Bale effect was also, uh, we'll talk about that independently here, because uh, it was truly remarkable, as, as big as him coming onto the field against Nashville, obviously scoring a goal against Sporting Kansas City is that much bigger. I think we all felt, I shouldn't speak on everyone's behalf, that he had a really good shot of scoring here as a substitute. Based on what I saw, I get the feeling he's going to score a lot of goals. We just spoke to Steve Chirundolo about this player and how well he balances what this team needs, right? whether it's a goal whether it's to close out a game, whether it's to make the pass instead of, it's, uh, it's uh, this guy's getting it. Yeah. This guy has hit the ground running times 10 on his arrival here at LAFC. The way his brain functions and thinks about every bit and piece of the game, the, the, the obviously getting your team the three points, how you go about getting the three points, whether it is to ice the game with a goal or to be more compact, he's bought into that. But there's also the side of, like, he's played for Real Madrid. He's played in the greatest teams in the world, and he understands, like, it's a spectacle. We're here to put on a show. and As he, he did in a couple Champions League finals with yes, goals. Yes, he did. I mean, our, your la your, pretty much your last memory of Gareth Bale at Real Madrid is that bicycle kick. Oh, yeah. So we he, forget. We forget about it. I don't know if it slips through the cracks. It shouldn't because when I saw him running, gall gallivanting through the field towards that goal, I just saw this majestic player in a – a complete skill set. I go, man, we never see guys like this. That elegant, that tall, left-footed with a technical mm -hmm. touch that 
a handful of players on the planet have. Well, I think we throw that term Ferraris around for a lot of superstars, but he actually has Ferrari. the speed of the Ferrari. And it, it, when he gets those legs churning, like... You're the, like... When he saw that ball, when he played that one-touch pass and saw that ball stick with Chicho, the, the, the switch that he turned to then... I mean, he ran by, by like three players to get into that position to receive the pass back. And that was... And I'll be fully transparent. That was after watching him kind of jog a little bit. He looked a little leggy. I mean, he's not. I'm not saying he's he's being lazy, but he's still getting into fitness, and you can see it. But man, when he had to turn it on in that sharpest moment there, and then obviously the, uh, to run onto the chance that he eventually didn't finish, those two moments were like, oh wow. When he's fully fit, you're gonna see five, six of those moments in a game, and no one can touch him. And he's going to get there. The standard for this sports players of fitness is so demanding as, as you, as you always see where these guys run, they always do it in kilometers, eight kilometers, 10 kilometers a game. Mm -hmm. It's real depending on the position. It's as demanding as almost any sport. You don't get to go to the bench and sit out for a couple of minutes. There's no timeouts. Nope. I know I'm sounding like very remedial here. Soccer. Well, but in but for it's Gareth, true. it's not just the, the ground covered, right? It's that ability to run 40 yards. And then, you know, if the play turns around and goes back the other way, you got to be part of, the defensive line or a part and you know the recovery after intense runs i think that's the, that's kind of the new standard i think you know maybe we should just have gavin on again talk to him about like i'd love it miles covered versus intense runs because i think that's what we've what more physios are talking more about is it's it's really the amount of intense runs in that kind of that zone six as they like to call it here which is your just flat top speed the most you can give in that moment do or die to get to that ball the more you can put those together, and like that's what I'm saying with Gareth, you're going to see his ability as his fitness goes up five or six times to redline it, and no one's keeping up with him. If he does that five or six times, he's scoring at least two goals. Yeah. I think he's going to, no pressure, but double-digit goals, I think, comfortably. He scored a goal in, what, 36, seven minutes of play, and uh, zone six, print the shirts. Print the I shirts. Like that. It's like, like DEFCON 5. I think we might, zone give, six. we might give a lot of like guys out there PTSD. They're like, oh, no, 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 no zone six. No, no. How about a nice zone four, and we call it a day at 11.30 a.m.? I would love for you and I to get out there. We'll run at our flat line. We'll, we'll call what our zone six is and then see how it compares to, like, their zone four. <laughs> I bet you, you guys want to see that? I bet I'm sure, you they I'm do. sure they do. It's, uh, they like to see us in pain. Line. They'll see. We will be in pain, and we'll do that for you. That's the sacrifice we make here in glorious East Los Angeles. And uh, just the, uh, the impact that Gareth Bale after the goal had and – I also asked this to Steve, and it was, it was loud in there. Sporting Kansas City fans undoubtedly had a reaction. I want to say they call it a cheer, but a ooh or something after that, that they saw something special. Social media again, Gareth Bale trending after a few minutes. That is, again, a fantasy in this league. You have to go back to the few guys. Obviously, Zlatan and David Beckham are two that mm -hmm. had that effect, but... This Gareth Bale mystery as well, and the, the fact that he is, is closer to his prime than those other two, mm -hmm. uh, and getting ready for a World Cup changes it for so much why this is such a big story here and abroad. Yeah, I think you, it's a building block, right? It's the first step. I think, like you, you pointed out, we had a lot of that with Zlatan, but he was not able to will his teams to that next level. And I think what has to happen is not only do we I always those... forget to mention Terry Henry, but I want to mention him in two. And he had Terry a Henry. really good run in here as a guy who, who, who like Bale, joined the team and got into it quickly right. and felt like he was part of that club real soon. 
Yes, probably the closest to putting the full package together. Because I think that's where, if it just ends at, at fans saying, hey, we just want to see him for the time being, and we'll make sure we go to that game because maybe we might see something special, that gets you so much. But I think the perception of MLS still needs a, a little bit of work. So if he not only is that, you got to be there, you got to buy the ticket, even if it's against your team, that's great. But then he puts it together and he drags them through the playoffs, or not drags them, but he helps them through the playoffs. And he's really bought in. And it becomes where, yes, he's a superstar and he always will be, but it's part of a cohesive team around him. That's where MLS is at the next level. That's where we stop talking about, you know, retirement league. That's when we're talking about, no, these guys are actually functioning within the team and they get it from all levels. They do it both on and off the pitch. That's the next step in the progression. After the game, he was asked about his, his moment and he goes, it was great to score a goal. It's great that it helped the team win it. And he said that repeatedly. And he never once brought up, should have had two. Right. Which he probably is thinking about, yeah. but he never said it. He goes, as long as we get the three points. And I was like sitting there because Giorgio and Gareth surprised me about talking about the heat the previous week and so upfront about how difficult it was to play there. This kind of surprised me. I was waiting for him to say it, and he never did. Right. And he kept repeating, we got the three points. Mm -hmm. That is paramount because that has been the through line for this club before all these guys arrived. It's about winning. It's about winning trophies. Yeah, and I think it goes to... Our surprise maybe is because of what you said earlier. He is kind of a mystery. Yeah. Uh, as things happen, and, and you can put blame wherever you want on the Real Madrid situation. But, I mean, this was a player that, as you said, he's still in his prime. He wanted to play. Not a good situation for him at Madrid by the time it ended. So we didn't get to know a lot about him. And, and I can't blame him for being more reserved in that moment. But now he comes here, and he's feeling a little bit more comfortable. It is refreshing to hear a star player say that. And maybe we're just not used to it. Because uh, let's go back to that other guy. Zlatan is in that moment. He's definitely talking about the fact he missed that second goal yeah. and, and saying Beckham saying, would say it too. Probably, but you, you, I could just, I could already hear Zlatan. He's like, I entertained the people. They got what they wanted. They should have got more. It. They yeah. should have got more yeah. or something like that. And instead, Gary's like, I got three points. It's great to get a goal. It's gonna benefit me in the long run and my team in the long run. Isn't that something? Isn't that? Listen to what's being said. It makes a big difference. Uh, George, Hi, George, you have the coffee? Later, after, after lunch. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> I gotta tell you what just happened. <laughs> Giorgio Chiellini came in and blew us a kiss and said he'll have a coffee later in the lunch. Is this is this real? Yeah, is this, is this real life? I don't know if I can. I is can't. this Iowa? I can't. I, my my emotional state is in such a place. I don't know if I can take this much longer. Oh, uh, that's for Team me. Security Paul said that was for Vince, not me. What a wet blanket. But he happened to be here. You are. And I brought my. Team Security Paul t-shirt here to take a photo with him. This is the treatment. Yeah, I by the way, get your Team Security Paul t-shirts, stickers as well. We have one on the 110 football van. We'll give one away. Oh, we'll yeah, give one away. give one away. I need one. There, thank you. Yeah. Great idea. Get two. I'll, get, get a, I'll buy one. I'll buy two, and we'll give one away. You got a producer credit this week, Paul. Congrats. Always do. You're like an EP. You're off camera, above level. <laughs> David Hill. <laughs> David Hill. Get he's telling us to cut it, so we'll move on. Right. Let's move on to the let's, game. Let's go to the top three things that stood out. All yes. right. Chicho Arango. Chicho Arango, another goal. Man, does he score important goals. Yes. Does he? That is rarefied air. Scoring goals that are game winners, scoring goals that set it up, certainly as he did in this game. Wait, he gets he's game winner in two of the last three games, six yeah. goals in the last seven games. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's not patting his stats at all. These so, are important goals. We know there is a dilemma about playing Chicho with certain players. So we took a closer look at it, you in particular, mm -hmm. to see what Chicho's roles are and how it's supposed to look and 
What is the role of a, a striker in this modern game? Because back in the day, it's score goals. It doesn't matter. Well, but things have changed considerably, especially with a club like this. Let's be very clear about this. What Chicho is doing is the most difficult thing in the sport and the most important 100%. thing in the sport. So anything that I'm saying here is not criticism of him. We're just trying to to kind of open up the book and help people understand why a coach might say, I want a little bit more because the coach has to think of every single angle. So for fans, love him. I love him. He's doing great things. He's giving you a lot of joy. This does not damper any of those and things. And think of LFC as, a, as you're building a house and the stones, everything has to be in place and one of them is not glued in correctly, right. it falls apart. Right. It doesn't fall apart, but it doesn't work. Maybe have a little flawed house. But something that you hear in this game, and a lot of coaches talk about, and, and because we hear it from coach after coach, it's, it has to be a thing, right? It has to be something to be considered. How do players, when they face adversity, how do they still affect the game when they're not on their game? Now, as of right now, Chicho is on his game. Unplayable, as they would say. You, you, nothing you can do with him. He's just he's going to score goals on you. But the law of averages says that at some point, he will maybe hit a stretch where it's two, goals aren't there. two or three games where he doesn't score a goal. And how is he or goals that aren't as important in the sense that they're going to win a game. Right. And how is he important in those moments? And when you watch that first half, he was unaffected. Both pressing, uh, wasn't holding the ball well, his passing wasn't great. But he comes out in the second half, bags his goal, passing becomes great, hold-up play is great, his pressing was a little bit better. Now I will say, and Steve even alluded to it, that they changed his role a little yeah. bit. They saw it was not working. And that he tries to execute it yeah. considerably high. He knows not, what's up. This is nothing, this is not the the uh, superstar player that only scores goals and I'm saying he needs to do more. He wants He's to get trying. a BF player. He knows, he right. knows, I think that this is a big part of him going from here to here. Yeah. You watch, uh, watch the first half and what I watched and what I saw was a player that was trying, trying to dictate the way that sporting KC built up by, by not only putting pressure to the, to the center backs, but also kind of covering the six in your cover shadow. That's something that routinely nines are now asked to do. Um, and so it's expected of him that he is able to do that. And it just, I don't know for whatever reason. Uh, maybe we can talk to him and he can tell us why. I don't know how he would take it, but it's just not clicking. His angles just aren't right, or the distances he's covering, or he's he's cheating a little bit one way because he thinks he can pick a ball off when all of a sudden now the six is wide open. So it was very bad, and you could tell they changed it up and they said maybe don't press so much, sit back, force their center backs to play. We don't think maybe they can really play that well. So let's see what happens, and it worked. I'm just saying to help you understand when some people level critical thoughts to him. If the goals dry up, how will he affect the game? And if he can affect the game with his passing, which we've seen he can do, that pass to Gareth Bale is an incredible mo movement in, in the counter. If he can hold up play when he's not scoring goals, then he's still valuable to this team. But every coach has to look at it and go, I can make exceptions for so many guys on the pitch, but after a while, how many exceptions do you make? Because Carlos, you know, gets kind of a pass. Um, but I think Carlos is still a, a smarter oppressor. And in I'll stop it really quick because most of these teams say we need – 11 defenders out there yes. when the team, ha the opponent has the ball. Yes. You want to be as close to 11 as possible. As close to 11 as possible, but you'll make certain, like I said, you'll make certain uh, exceptions and you'll say, Carlos, you know, press when you need to, but stay high up on the pitch because that helps us much more. Because if we could, look, this is why Chicho is so important. If you can score a goal, it doesn't matter how much you press. You score goals. That who, you, you get up 2-3-0, you're not pressing anymore. You're just sitting back yeah. and you're winning the game, right? So, and LSU hasn't experienced that. Yeah, right? so that's that going to come. But I'm just saying now you, you get an exception for Carlos. If you bring Gareth in, you're probably considering he has a little bit of an exception. Then if Chicho is trying but he's not working, now you're, you've got three guys that are ineffective in that role, and it just the balance gets thrown off. Now, that's a Steve problem. Like I said, not a fan problem. But, and I think he'll figure it out, but I can understand why he says, I need a little bit more here and here, because I think any coach that would come in here 
wouldn't say, like, oh, I got three forwards that are ineffective pressing, fine. No coach is going to be okay with that. No. It's, uh, and you will notice it, too. And we did see Carlos Vela, Gareth Bale, and Chicho Arango play together. There were some inventive little spots there on how they executed it. I love that Carlos was almost slipping in the midfield a couple of times to yep. get a little more centralized to see if he had the options. And it worked. It certainly did. And that's something we would imagine we would see. But as we go into my second topic, and Mahala and Danny Masovsky, when he's and Brian Rodriguez training, and yep. hopefully we see him on Friday, come into view will be options to start and get minutes. But... I know we've said this over and over again, our number two thing on the list. It keeps but happening. But it's not only keeps happening, but it's becoming even bigger of a story that you wait for the second half and it always comes. Mm -hmm. The goal always comes. The victory always comes. And defensively, which we'll talk about a little bit, there is this security on two fronts. If LAFC score first, they're going to win. Mm -hmm. Ten wins out of ten. Or is it 11 wins? It's a lot. Uh, ten out of ten, I Let's think. say ten out of ten. Just still a massive number. They score first, they don't drop points. Right. That's 30 points out of 10 games, which is the most. Mm -hmm. If you can get into the half without conceding, <laughs> yeah, I think with this roster, it's. I think what we're doing now is it's putting, guaranteed. A, putting a finer point on it. If LFC is nil nil at half with your team and you're uh, an opposing coach and you're thinking, that's pretty good. We held LFC to nil nil. That's probably. You know, maybe we can squeak a goal out of here. That was a pretty good performance. You should be terrified because you know in the second half they're going to ramp oh, it up. Oh, they are a terrified. Level and the changes are going to happen. So I think the finer point is this: like, you can't game plan for that. And Steve is never going to say like, "Yeah, we'll just try to get nil nil at half and we'll win it in the second half." That's not a good way. That's not a good formula, right? To just turn the, turn it on. However, they can turn it on, and the changes he can make, and just he keeps saying, and I, I want to keep reiterating this: they look at it as a 90-minute game plan. They say to themselves, looking for perfection. What option? Yeah. We would love it to control the game from, from minute one to 90. And Steve, uh, and I think you and I all, you, myself, and Steve all agree that this team has still not hit a 90-minute performance where they've controlled it from yeah. start to finish, which is why he's asking for more from a guy like Chicho Arango and all that. He wants everybody. It's not just Chicho. Everyone's being asked to do more because he wants to dominate a game from start to finish. However, you get to 0-0 zero, zero at halftime, it's almost just wrap it up. And that, that game where they scored two or three goals is going to happen here pretty quickly, so we shall see. And it might be Friday. It might be Friday. But we've seen it with Nashville and Sporting Kansas City. That has to be walking the locker room knowing that you have a bench. And I said this on 110 Football LAFC 360. Check it out on 110 Football YouTube. Good show. Monday's at 1 p.m. But you can always rewatch it. You can watch it. Uh, Philly joins us here this week. Great that, haircut on Philly. Yeah, tune in for that and uh, Steve Gutenberg conversation. <laughs> In 2022, Steve Gutenberg conversation. Sorry. Sorry, this is a true story. Police Academy is like my childhood. Oh, yeah, that's like where you saw a lot of things for the first time. I actually feel like I was... As a kid. I feel like I was cheated because I grew up and I was like, yeah, Steve Gutenberg's pretty funny. And everyone's like, eh. No, he was good. He delivered. It was good in Police Academy, but it just didn't... Cocoon? Didn't work out for me. Uh, yeah. Watch the Village People movie. I'm not telling you that again. It's not good movie, but you will just... Your eyes will be like saucers going, did they actually make this? Uh, I have a feeling you will tell me that again. So I will tell it to you until you watch it. That's your Sorry, homework. I stepped on your point. So uh, the point being, and Taylor Twellman tweeted this right before the kickoff. He said, wow, uh, that entire LAFC bench could start for 75% of the league, which Not is wrong. pretty spot on when you include Seba Mendez, who just joined the team, who would start for many clubs, and Sebastian Ibiaga, 
and Latif Blessing. It's at all areas of the field. It's all areas. Bring it, Eddie Segura, who came. You in. need a defender to defend a lead. You got an Eddie Segura. You need a midfielder to cover some ground. You got Latif Blessing and Mendez. You need a goal. Gareth, know, I, yeah, Gareth Bale and then probably Brian Rodriguez. By John McCarthy. John McCarthy is no slouch. As a backup, could start for a lot of teams yep. here. He's made the decision to be here, and it's a it's a great opportunity for him to be part of this incredible story, which is LAFC. So it's coaches on the other side have to be demoralized. And maybe that's too strong a word when they're they don't execute in the first half because they know what's coming. They lead the league in second half goals, and they lead the league in second half goals conceded. I think I think what's going to happen is, and coaches know this. They see they see the trends. They're going to say. Guys, we absolutely have to jump on them in the first half because if we don't get them in the first half, it's going to be a very long day for us. And so you're going to see teams really come out flying in the first half, but I think in some ways that can play into LAFC's hands more because if they can weather the storm and then you're bringing on a Gareth Bale against a tired team that has done their absolute best to get at you, Look, I, it's a double-edged sword. I would like to see, let's say, Mahala or Brian with Vela and Chicho as it stands and Bale as long as you could please him to come on as a second half. And as long as he's happy with it. Closer it, to 45 minutes, let's say. If he says, that is, man, I'm still in my preseason, which he really is. He's barely halfway through what a preseason would be for a normal player. If he says, look, Steve, bring me in when you feel the need. I'm, I'm, I'm physically not quite there. I, look, if you need me to start, I can. Yeah. But if you, if you want to bring me in when you feel I'm most effective, it goes right back to his comment about you scored the goal, I want to help my team win. I think you get two more weeks of that. I think Seattle realistically Friday you can do it and then the next game is at Salt Lake and you could say look first time at altitude right let's give it a shot 45 minutes so that helps alleviate it so that when you're here and the the fall kicks in mm -hmm. this LAFC team has all the options fully fit and ready to go so uh I know they did go scoreless with Vancouver in the second half but that was a different LAFC team very shorthanded resting a lot of guys right. and weren't able to uh to get the result which is very rare that's their only setback in Several games they've won. I mean, you changed like there was like seven different changed the formation. Yeah, changed the formation. I mean, anytime, anytime you roll the dice like that, and Steve even said it, he's like, "That's that's on me." I I thought I thought I gave us the best path forward to, to win, knowing that I had to make those changes. Sometimes you're just it's forced. Why do you have to? Something you don't have to apologize for. By the way, uh -huh. <laughs> you almost got the result. Yeah, but he understands that you come to LAFC to win. Yes, and uh, there's no excuses at the end of the day. So he, and I think I think the players appreciate that. Yes. Steve made the changes. He, he tried to get them to do that. Didn't work out. And he says to them, hey, a little bit on me, guys. But this next game, we're back back to what we normally do. So let's let's do it. A reminder, we'll be joined by LAFC starting goalkeeper Maxime Crapeau. And I bring him up here. That'll be next. Because the third topic is the clean sheet. LAFC getting uh, six clean keeping, sheet. The, keeping the sheets clean for the sixth time this season. The goals have been pretty down by and large. There have been a couple flurries. There have been some some moments in the back that make you a little nervous, but that was a clean game against a sporting team that had to be pushing uh, the set piece defending much better. Although I, you have to say sporting's not in Nashville's class mm -hmm. with regards to that, but everything felt secure and he's a big part of it. And I'm going to ask him too, because right now with Chiellini coming out and I, that could still be the case that Eddie Segura seamlessly going in and having a really good fullback on the bench, whoever it is. In this case, it was Ryan Hollingshead, that you want, which we didn't mention about the bench either. Uh, that is something I think LAFC is going to see. They have a deep team. You want to use it. Mm -hmm. Doing it on the defensive end is always a slippery slope because you have to get settled in. I didn't see that. Maybe for a split second where it was like, a little. where do you have to be? Am I in the right place? In some ways, maybe they are changing. the Because this is a perception. We just say that because like, we're so used to it. You don't change center backs. 
You don't change don't defenders change much backs. because maybe you don't you, change you defenders, change your, yes, but not center yeah, backs. You change your outside backs because they've run so much and they're maybe more attacking now. They're, they're functional now, but yeah, you just don't change center backs uh, because the partnership is there, the way you play, how you hand off markers, and how who if a guy runs behind, am I going with him? Are we leaving him? And then set pieces, obviously. Once you pull out one of your center backs, that's a major piece of your set piece defending. Now all the other pieces start to move around a little bit. But maybe they are changing it a little bit. Maybe maybe there is ways that you can seamlessly keep center backs fresh. And if you make that sub, that's something you can do. I don't know. We've never seen this. Again, uh, this is undiscovered country right here with regards to what LAFC is doing. Um, Watching Ilya do his, his push-ups over there. We, we need to get in on that. By the way, Ilya really is that guy. Yeah. We've been There's here no enough. one else out here. He's the only one doing Every week. When they say first one in, last one out, I can't say he's the first one in because I'm never here that early. <laughs> But he's always the last one out. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, can give I like you that you caught yourself. <laughs> first one. Eh. I'll be, I, I'm not a first one in. I could be a last one out. I could. I could certainly. Oh yeah, that Max role. closes this place down. So uh, yeah, yeah, close that place down. The clean I'm sheet. I'm a bad though, smell here at the end. Oh here, to, I'd to ask you a question. To put a finer point on it, I do. I do think Maxime was probably the most important player in the first half and getting them to nil nil. That's a great shot. Here we go. 13 games to go, Vince. Mm -hmm. What do we get more of? Three plus goals a game, or Clean sheets. Ooh. You know what I mean? Either they score three or more in a game. I think we think we get more three plus goals. Just because <laughs> that's a good problem. <laughs> yeah, that's the DNA of this club. I, I mean, think those are coming, man. I, I think, think they're coming. I think Steve would say, yeah, you know, I love winning 2 0 because it's like the perfect, you kind of control the game, you, you put it out of the way. But he knows that, like, we're here. He knows, the, he, he knows all the levels too. We're here to entertain. It's a business. Like, I've got all these horses. Let's get out and run. They want to see these guys score goals. Let's do it. They can do it all. They can win. They can entertain. It's across the board. Things are good at LAFC. Friday night, under the lights at Bank of California Stadium. Check LAFC.com if you want to attend. It's going to be an event. I imagine there'll be a few tickets. Maybe not, but it's going to be. Yeah, I don't know. It is going if, to be rock there solid. There are very few there. home games remaining, so you got to get in there. Yes, this, I think five. Yeah, and this Seattle matchup is probably the biggest. Uh, this the is. One remaining. Some good road games, and again, the LAFC supporters on the road have been marvelous and a big part. We hear you guys. And make no mistake, the players really feed off that. No one more than Maxime Crapeau, who will be joining us here shortly. Uh, you ready to, to transition for that? I love talking Good. to Maxime. Let's talk. Inside LAC, the MVP podcast from East LA. Maxime Crapeau joins us on the pod next. We are back here on the Inside LAFC Maxim Vids podcast and uh, honored to be joined for a second time. I think you get a badge for that. Maxime Crapeau. Do I get a badge for that? We do. We've got to come up with something. Don't be offering stuff that we I'm don't have, man. Stuff. We don't have it. We'll work on it. It, it, it makes, for it. It makes would, me happy that he actually wants it. Would that it, be though. special for you? I'll put it in my locker, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need, like, a T-shirt, like, number one friend of the podcast. Yes. And then you guys can, but then you guys have to, like, trade it around as, as it moves around through the locker room. There's a lot to talk about, Maxine, but I, I have to ask you the, my favorite part of the sporting Kansas City game, which is saying a lot because it's not the Gareth Bale goal. It's when Gareth Bale was clearing off a ball of the area. Daniel Shallowy kind of came in. Bale goes to the ground, high-fives him, hey, no hard feelings. You come in as if to say, no, 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 there are hard feelings. You can't do that. You saw that? Yeah. Yes. Of course was we it saw kinda, that. Was it that message? But I, but I loved it because you're like, Gareth didn't say it, but you're like, no, you can't do that. I mean, Daniel Saloy is a great guy, like he's super gentle and everything, but uh, it was a little bit from the back, can be dangerous one sometimes, you know, from the back. So, but you were like, good about it. You were just saying, was, hey, yeah, don't. Because I know he's a good guy. Yeah. So I was like, hey, but you know, I know you're going for the ball, I know, and et cetera, but it's from behind, he can fail, right. it's difficult. I, it was a good 50-50, but from, 
from the back. I don't know sometimes. if it was 50 it's 50 50. 50. <laughs> it, it could be anybody on the team. Right. The Sorry, you're right. You're right. You're right. Well, no, you did in Cincinnati for who? Who was it? That guy. He was Paul, late. Hollings, oh, Hollings, Hollings, yeah, Costa, Hollings, but yeah. he was so late on yeah. Ryan that now I, I I snapped a little bit on this one. Yeah, that <laughs> one you got a little bit more heated. I I, I want to say I remember the referee walking over and we could I could read his lips and he was like, "Let me handle it," and you were kind of like, "Well, then handle it." Yeah. But that's a part of a, a good goalkeeper. You got to look out for your guys because you you're you're pointing this way. A lot of times they're going this way, so you have the view and you can. Tell the referee, you can tell the players, opponents, what's what. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Ryan and Garrett did the play, so I'm happy. But, like, we, we fight for each other, you know. It's, it's about looking out for each other as well. And so it's a little piece of details that you cannot let it slip sometimes. How's that going with, with, with Giorgio? Because I've comp yeah. complimented you and said, I like your style of goalkeeping, not just the way you actually play on the field, but the mannerisms and your personality on the field. I like a goalkeeper that celebrates his guys more than like, you know, you get the other end of the spectrum, which is like a shot from 30 yards out and the goalkeeper's screaming at it. And then you're like, he's hitting it for 30 yards out. It's not going to happen. <laughs> we and want he, names, Vince. You're, you're, yeah, you're, <laughs> Tim Howard. Uh, you're very much uh, on that other side of the spectrum. And so I, I love that about you. And that's something I also like about Giorgio and the way he, he's a center back. So how you guys like seem to just, the personalities just are going to seem to mesh because you celebrate every, little blocks, just little things. I, I love it. Yeah, uh, I mean, Giorgio's been amazing so far. Uh, he, it's it's not complicated. A guy from his experience and his uh, curriculum coming in into the team, uh, you can see the small details in training in games. He's always on the razor's edge. He's always so for front forward and and uh, careful, really experienced, little details that makes the game a little bit faster and easier for him. And so, uh, and then. You just said it as well, like the guys are fighting so hard in front of me that if there's a shot from 30 yards out, of course there's a shot from 30 yards out, okay, sometimes it will happen, like if they, there's no way to shout at them if, uh, if it happens once in a while. If there's, it's repetitively and it happens 20 times a game, now it's something different. Right. But we all worked <laughs> in a common sense, all the common goal to, to get a clean sheet at every single game and so uh, the common goal is to, to win some games and to be good defensively and I'll hopefully keep the zero every time. Keeping that clean sheet, obviously, this was a, this was a big one because there was all the euphoria about uh, what's happening with Gareth Bale and scoring in two goals again, which is great on the road. But getting that clean sheet, uh, getting those under your belt, you just said it yourself, but the importance of that, what does that tell you? What does that say? How does that you share that with the, the defensive effort of the team on why that is key? Yeah, I mean, uh, every clean sheet is something great for, for the team, uh, not only for the goalkeeper, but for the, the, the team in general is great because it's the way we defend and it's difficult to break us down. And we are a, a team, a defense that doesn't allow a lot of shot either on goal. So uh, when it does happen, it's, it's a close, it's inside the 18, it's a little bit of chaotic or a, sort of a counterattack. You take some pride in defending and uh, some pride of the fact that this team is difficult to, to beat down. Yes, they can score goals. Obviously, uh, we're, we're good on the offense and when we put the gas pedal, well, we're able to, to really go forward and to score some goals. But in the meantime, uh, we are good at not conceding. So uh, it's a lot of pride within the, within the group and not only for goalkeepers, yeah. For you, and I think you could probably readily admit this, there was like a, there's a little, I wouldn't say dip in form, but there was a moment where a couple games where you probably felt like you could have done better. But since, I would say, since that Seattle game, like you've gone on to have really good games where it's been like you're, you're locked in. I would say against Sporting KC, that first half was yours. Like you helped will the team to that 0-0 zero, zero first half because you had so many punches and collections. I know it won't really show up in the set sheet, but 
what does it mean for you that through that all that like the coach kept you in there, kept the confidence? Is that how you've kind of been able to springboard and get back to where you feel like you're back at that level again? Yeah, I mean, in a long season, you'll you have a little bit of moments that you want to have back. It's honestly it happens sometimes, even though uh, you, you <laughs> you're looking at yourself in the mirror saying, hmm. This one I, I would have loved to have back, and right. it happens sometimes in, in a in a course of a season. But yes, I know that uh, the confidence of the teammates, uh, they look at me and they're confident with me in the back. And uh, the the staff is a message that you know they they support me uh, on, on the training ground and uh, in the locker room. The talks that we're having, you know, it's never been. I uh, never felt like uh, second guessed or, or mm -hmm. something like that. No, everybody's been really, really confident and, and behind me. And I'm pretty much the same with them. You know, I was like, if something happened, or like I'm pretty much the first guy to say two taps in the back and say, all right, let's go. We go again, you know. Uh, but yeah, in a long term season, there's some moments that uh, you want back, but it, it happens. And so it's experience under the belt. And so, um, you know, the next game after that Seattle that you just mentioned was New York and New York Red Bulls is such a high pressing team mm -hmm. and they win balls back uh, a lot in, in the open and half. But we went a little bit more direct and then we had had the sense of, OK, when to play a little bit more direct and when to break down teams. Yeah, that's a lot of adjustments that we, we we've seen in the LAFC game throughout it where how do we go on the fly? LAFC used to have this style and it says, this is how we're going to go. We're going to, we're going to find a way to break you down. But you've, you guys identify those moments, obviously a lot more comfortably than maybe early in the season when, when the team was just coming together. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, assessing small details, moment of the games under pressure. Are we up? Are we chasing? Uh, do they press? Do they not press? It's all about pick and choose the moment. And so you got to realize those moments and, and, and choose right away. Um, there's there's games that we've gone straight uh, a little bit more direct and more kicking into our games, which it's okay to do, especially on the road, because um, we know that, especially in our stadium home, we, we are able to do it. but. If we're up, uh, if we're up in the score and we need to manage some moment, yeah, there's no problem about closing the team and going more direct. But yes, I agree with you. It's more about finding our our collective identity. Uh, now, now we're past the 20 game mark, so we know how to do it. So Max and I in the first segment, we're talking a little bit about, and we keep we keep telling people on the podcast, we're like, sorry, we keep talking about this, but they just keep putting turning it on in the second half, and then the changes that are made in the second half, whether it be substitutions or tactically. They just keep working, so we have to keep talking about it. But one thing Max and I were talking about that you can illuminate us on because we don't have the answer for this. Uh, generally, we don't, see, we don't see it a lot. We generally, don't see the this history a lot. of football is you, you don't want to have to substitute your goalkeeper. You don't want to have to change center backs in a game. You just don't. And whether it's, whether it's just one of those truisms where it's like it just never happens, so you just don't do it, or there's an actual science to it. But we're now seeing, like, you switched out a center back. Two straight games. Minutes. Yeah, two straight games, and it seems seamless. And I know that affects you because now you're thinking about, okay, how are we re reformatting our, our, our build-out? How are we reformatting the way we're marking on set pieces, which is very important? But you tell us, like, is, is there a reason why you shouldn't be sending, uh, changing out center backs? Or is it, like, maybe this is a new thing that, like, could really benefit a team? Because you have these great defenders. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody that step on the field can do the job. And so that's a... That's a quality of, of the, the squad that's uh, really a nace down the sleeve of the team with the depth chart that we have. Every single guy can play at the highest level. And so 
we've done it for for the past two games. It did work, uh, but I mean uh, that's uh, that's a question a little bit more for for Steve and Mark. Well, how does it change? How does it change for you? The challenges because you obviously yeah. And I'm sure Steve kind of lets you guys know. I mean, he always says to us, "It's a 90-minute game plan." So I'm sure you guys are in on kind of some of the options. So what? Does it change at all for you? I, mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. No, How does it no, work? it doesn't. Not, it does not change, honestly. When you have a chemistry with uh, your your center backs, well, you know exactly uh, what to get out of them and you what what is going to be given on the field. But uh, it doesn't really change more. It's more about the freshness of the legs and uh, the mental mental side of it to, to carry on that second 45 minutes. You know. I, I think you're being very modest because I think we we'd see that where Chiellini comes in at the half and Eddie Segura comes in and it felt like. There wasn't a substitution. I know that's a great reflection off of Eddie, which I know you guys would be thrilled about because he made some a, a couple incredible plays. But I just always I, I always imagine in my head it's like okay, how do we keep this trap, this line? How do we keep it with a different center back? It's a different voice. But I never felt yeah. there was a change, even though there was. No, it, correct. I mean, uh, Eddie when he came in, it was uh, I'm so happy for him because it's been a long road uh, coming back from that injury, and so. Uh, you, you can see how appreciated he is by our fan base and by our teammates and by the organization because the guy's been A plus ever since I know him. And so, uh, but on the field as well, you know, he, he doesn't miss a play right now. He, he's on, he's on task. He's on guard. He's really focused. And and uh, we have that luxury of having the depth chart in the, in the center back's position. So for you guys, you're, you're top of the table. Uh, you've just won two straight road matches, which is huge, huge in this league. Uh, usually they say, you know, draw on the road, win at home, but you guys are kind of changing the paradigm there. Uh, for you, you know, games in hand only matter if you win them. Mm -hmm. um, you guys have put in a little space together. Do you like, do you like the feeling? Do you like being the chase? Like, how does it, how does it feel now as we're coming? Because this is now the business end of the season where I think you guys are starting to count, like, how many home games we have left? How many home games does Austin have left? Like, you're starting to look around a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a good position to be in. That's the position every single team wants to be in, but it, it can be a position that is a little bit of a, of a dangerous situation to be in so because you cannot let your guard down. You cannot be comfortable at any time, anywhere, home or away. Uh, you want to stack points, and yes, you just mentioned it, uh, one or two game in hand, or at the moment one, if I'm not mistaken, but mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't mean anything until game number 34. Right. <laughs> that's it right now. So, uh, But the mentality is to, to, to win every single game. That's what we're, we're training every day and our approach, because there's point up for grabs, home or away. Uh, we want to we we get to it and attack the, the opposition. Well, if you're stacking up shutouts and you got teams that are like, there's a target on their back. We're going to go after them. It could, could be a dual-edged sword for those teams, right? The, the more that they maybe press and try as much as they can, then like we said, if you guys can get to the second half nil-nil, yeah. you guys have different horses you can bring in than what they can. Uh, correct. I mean, uh, game starts 0-0, zero, zero, it's one point already. So if we can get that, that <laughs> zero, bank. exactly, that one point sure in the bank, well, obviously it's the, the best-case scenario. But, uh, yeah, we have the tendency to... Uh, to run teams out in, in, in second in second half, that uh, we push the tempo really high, and obviously the subs has been fantastic this year, and so um, that's the quality of our squad, the depth of the squad. Uh, there's no secret. There's work to put in, but in the meantime, there's a lot of faces that can play in our, in our roster. I'd have to ask you this, obviously with the new signs with Giorgio Kalini and Gareth Bale, uh, you're in goal. Gareth <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of him. Yeah. We haven't heard him because they've settled right in as teammates. You guys are all best buds around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, him shooting at your goal. Yeah. What is different about what you see coming off his foot that makes him 
Gareth Bale? How uh, does it compare? Just, um, you know, uh, guys like Carlos, Gareth, uh, are the left footers, obviously, the, we, with Mahala and everything. Uh, it's funny because in our finishing drill sometimes uh, there's like eight guys right-footed and two guys left-footed, and right now it's like half-half, 50-50. Mm -hmm. uh, but forward to answer the question with Gareth, uh, the small cues of if he's opening or closing his hips, it's really fast between the touch and finish, and there's not much cues, uh, so he's good to, to hide this form, yeah. That's great for you, huh? To see the coming from different feet, different people, and how to identify those things. Yeah, it's a fraction of a second, and oh, the wow. release is gone, so it's really fast, and it varies in different body shape, different types of players, you know? So uh, it's good to see them. Yeah, give us a, I don't know what you want to do in the future, but maybe you want to be a, a broadcaster. Give us a little, like, talk about uh, talk about Gareth's goal. I mean, from a goalkeeper's perspective, yeah. the ability to shift it and then to, re like, you, you're, you're talking about it now, the release. Yes. Like, if you're a goalkeeper, what do you do there? Yeah, it's funny because we were just talking about that with uh, Gareth last week. He, we were 1v1. And uh, he opened his hips so much. And I was like, if he closes, I have no chance to get there. Because it's just, he's so wide open, it's a calculated gamble. First, first post, you need to cover it. But in the meantime, if he's posted second and you're cheating first, well, it's not good. You know, you need right. to cover both posts. But he was open up so much and then he whips it and just missed the post. But if he was on target, I was like, mm. the way he whipped that so fast, I don't think I could have reacted. And so we've seen it against KC, a little bit of similarities, but the quickness of between the touch and shot, this is where it was ruthless and they actually mm -hmm. beat the keeper. Uh, so it's that quickness of, of the one-two. Uh, that's the highest level right there. And so uh, Carlos as well is good at hiding because eh? we're <laughs> always, I'm competitive, these guys are competitive. So yeah. in training, we always do Chicho as well. So we always do a little, competitions part but yeah every player has his own little characteristics but it's the touch and the finish the, the, how quick chicho release on the first goal it's vicious vicious finishing is that something that you're like kind of studying up on all the forwards in the absolutely league? yeah <laughs> absolutely I, I, it just reminds me of kind of like a major league baseball player yeah, like he's it is. having tendencies data. and data yeah. yeah well it's knowing against who you're playing right it's yeah. uh, you got to study a little bit without over studying and and being in a little bit on step aside of now starting to anticipate, no, not at all. You got to be honest with the ball, but you got to be aware of who you're playing, obviously. And forgive my ignorance, because I've never been a goalkeeper, but for as a goalkeeper to look at the hips, yeah. to follow the hips is, a, is an important observation, no? I mean, you have to look at the ball. There's a lot to look at. Well, yeah, there's ball, a lot, there's a lot to look at. Well, he, he, most likely the ball. Take a peek at the hips yeah. to see where it's... Well, I love you said, we, you got to cover the one post. But you also got to cover the other folks. I'm like, and you got to keep an eye on this guy sucks. over here. Like, that's tough, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's fast. It's all, uh, there's a lot to take, uh, take in, a lot of information to take in. But in the meantime, uh, the ball is number one because uh, yep. hips. Hips lies sometimes. Hips don't lie. I don't know. You, what? You Shakira? No. Yeah. But at <laughs> I'm the end so of the glad day, we went this direction. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, the ball goes into the net, yes, not right. the hips. So you got to watch the balls. But yes, if you can get some some little cues sometimes, yes, well, obviously you stack them and you can you can play this on This is it. good for you. You need, yes, you need high, level, high level stuff so that if... Just I'm going to lie. Just hips don't yeah. lie. Yeah? These hips media lie. games pop up and I might have to be put in goal. Oh, no. I, I meant have. more so if, if Max goes okay. back and watch highlights. Okay, goes, gotcha. Oh, come gotcha. on. We talked about this, Bredos. You know how this goes. God, I don't have the eyes that he does. Goalkeepers Great. don't get the love that, you know, everyone can pick up on They're like, oh, look at the quick release of Gareth. We, we don't say, like, look at the look at the first step of the goalkeeper or this. We, you guys don't get the love, so it's good for us to learn. 
So excited about Friday. Enough, a, a, a big game coming here, a big rivalry. I know you know that and your yeah. con continued connection with the supporters on the road, finding where they are and doing the LAFC chant. Uh, this is, I, you guys have to be thrilled to be coming home for a game of this magnitude, which really the soccer, everyone in North America should be watching this game. I mean, uh, it's a Friday night, Friday night game, 8 p.m. kickoff, uh, 8 p.m., right? Yes. yes. That's a bit, that's important. 8 p.m. kickoff. The later the better. Not too late. late. Grass yeah. is wet, nice temperature, uh, stage is set. Uh, two good teams going at each other. It's going to be, it's going to be nice. Okay. It's a premier matchup. Premier it really match. is. We look forward to seeing it. We'll see you there. Maxime Crapeau joining us here on the podcast. We're always eternally grateful. He's just a tremendous uh, resource and overall good guy. Rate, review, download, subscribe, tell a friend of Inside LFC MVP Podcast. We'll be back again next week. We'll see you out on Friday for our 110 football show pre and post that you can see on the 110 football YouTube channel. We'll see you then.